welcome to the Comedy Majors. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Katie. And we have a guest tonight, an office space expert, viewed over 50 times. I don't know. You might hold the prize for most viewings. Um, George, can we say your last name? No. No. We should not. We're just going to say George. Mr. George. George Lumbug. Lum- gonna, Lum- I, no. I don't understand why we do this every time. <laughs> every time. Just don't. Because I should have had the conversation ahead of time. You're we right. We no. need to have the conversation. George is here. Don't do it. George is here. <laughs> now we got to edit this all out, which, which we won't. It's not going to happen. Which won't happen because Jim <laughs> doesn't going to stay in. ever. George, say hello to the people. Anything. Hello, people. Uh, it, and it actually is okay to say my last name, so that's it's perfectly all right. So <laughs> we don't well, say ours. Oh, Katie, don't celebrate as if yeah. you <laughs> did that purposely, and that you knew George wanted his full name being used when you just didn't bother asking. George Zimmerman, he's here. He's here. Okay. All right. Wonderful. All right. Great. Uh, so today we're going to be looking at a documentary of what office life in the '90s was like. As we look at office space. Uh, but first, as always, we must answer the most pressing question of every episode. What is everybody drinking for our office space episode? I went back to an old fashioned because I haven't had one in quite a while. And that's a stylish glass. Is that yeah, one of your you know, shovel you know, town glasses? It is my shovel town glass because I didn't have the appropriate glassware. So uh-huh. this is nice. I love it. So a few uh, commenters made the suggestion of the Milton beverage of a margarita with no salt. I I can't drink a margarita with no salt. So I'm going to drink the margarita that Milton rejected. Um, And I added a few pieces of flair to it. So it's got a little it's got a little donkey on it, a little flower and a little scrabble tile. I mean, I want you to express yourself. I'm I'm expressing myself in my drink. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. Mm. I'm sure you'll express yourself in many ways. Uh, you know, I will. <laughs> I'm sure of that. George, how about you? What do you have? Uh, well, I am. I have a uh, I, I went with a beer because okay. it's uh, very prominent in the in the movie. But yeah. I don't have any of the beers that, that they drink in my home. No, ice uh, beer is not easy to find anymore, which we could probably talk about in this episode <laughs> at some point. So I have, I have the Mothman Black IPA from Greenbrier Brewing in West Virginia. Very nice. um, and, you know, with Mothman Prophecies is also yes. a, a fine, a fine Richard Gere, Greer movie <laughs> yes. that is uh, that was uh, filmed about West Virginia. Well, we'll call it. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> you are speaking Brian's language I, right I, now, I George. It. Well yep. done. <laughs> Very X-Files-esque movie. Um, the kind of dude that does this show doubles up on beers. Yay! So I brought not one, but two. Uh, I'm drinking, of course, Shoveltown Twine Cutter, my favorite, but also to celebrate like the kind of carefree lifestyle that um, Peter explores, Big Wave Golden Ale from Mm. Kahuna Brewing. And I just need to shout out a few of our fans who clearly know this movie very well. We had immediate um, beer names. So Joe Curran nailed the Dos Dos Equis. He's that's it's right in there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one more, was which there? which was we had lots of good. Ones. I feel so like in 99, the Dos Equis was like a, a random beer edge. to have in the movie. Well, they filmed in Austin, Texas. OK, oh, okay. Then, so that's yeah, where that they filmed. Sense. So that that's, yeah. that might have been part of the reason. But I and agree that was before the whole still with most salt on the rim. interesting like, man, man in the world yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Where Dos Equis. Um, all right. Well, Katie, it is mm-hmm. time Ooh. for. 
the rundown. So Jim's been having computer problems. We don't have any of our uh, audio files. And so Fucking Katie, PC load I know, PC load is. letter. So I'm going to... Thank you. A lot of people don't love their jobs. Peter hates his job. Like, really, really hates it. From the bippity-boppity receptionist who serves as the broken record to his day, to his horribly social, socially inept cubicle neighbor, to his seven overlapping bosses and their goddamn memos, his job at Inatech is the seven circles of hell. The only bright spot in his day is bailing work with his two friends mid-morning to gaze upon his crush, who waitresses at tchotchkes. Now, some consultants are coming to check for redundant positions at Inatech. Could losing the job he despises be worse than actually working there? Peter doesn't think so. But before he goes out, he's going to take a little something with him. $300,000 and his dignity. And maybe a special red stapler for a friend. There we go. The rundown was as long as the film. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I think you missed the major theme of this movie, but that's okay. Milton? No, oh. the the like... You know, well, Jim, hold that idea. Yeah. We'll okay. talk about it. If we <laughs> yeah. Fight the All man. Right. <laughs> it's time for a grade of the week on a scale of A plus through Chris Monero's The Rookie. By the way, Chris Monero, his team, I still believe, is undefeated. Well Great done. coach. He can't, should keep can't pick a movie. Yep. Yeah, the, the, we should keep coaching baseball. Pick a movie. We we got to say though, I was shocked that at how bad The Rookie was. Like George, I remember watching. Have you it. ever seen The Rookie, Dennis Quaid? I have not. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Save it. So let's talk about get this movie uh, and let's give it a great George. We'll start with you on a scale of a plus through the rookie. What would you give <laughs> office space? I, I'm going to have to go with a solid a because I, I, I do think there are, are better movies out there, but it's something that I obviously have seen many times um and and enjoy it's just it's just the watchability factor for me is what gives it a, a solid a it's always a go-to jim uh i'm going with the b plus um and there there's just one or two things that it, that it knock it down but i obviously it's it has stood the test of time um yeah it's an a and for jim, me oh, i'm yeah. sorry go ahead no, i was gonna say jim has the hardest yep. scale yep so he's the hardest grader is is there a yeah. for Katie? The folks that work in education have much much easier grading <laughs> scale. This is an A. I love I love this Great movie. Inflation. Still laughing out loud. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if there's anything that I can criticize. I love it. I am hovering between a B plus and an A minus, but I think I will go with an A minus because uh, I do think uh, it held up better than I expected um, based upon how topical some of the stuff was in the movie that we can talk about um all right so everybody likes the movie enjoys the movie uh it got a great buzz on social media when we said we were going to do it so it's a movie certainly people uh i want to say probably between their early 40s and like early 30s like that window probably yeah i really feel like you kind of had to be in to the adult movie. range when the right like this this or high school i feel like this is a movie kids in like high, like as you're just getting into high school you would have watched and been like interested because it was hmm. mike judge and it was just oh, beat enough do you know what i mean to kind of capture that group and certainly anybody 
in college or in their 20s, definitely. Yeah. You have that whole romantic thing going on with with Peter and stuff. So, you know, obsessing over the crush and things. So you could, I, I could see younger people getting into it, too, at that time. And remember, it had Jennifer Aniston. And Friends it, at this point is still you i mean it's at 99 i mean that's still one of the it shows on television at that point actually the more i thought about it the more surprising in some way that she was even in this movie yeah because she's it's not like a starring i would have to imagine she was getting bigger offers than what office space was they they wanted huge stars in this movie but they all turned them down like they went to matt damon they went yeah. to a variety of other stars and and they just they just wouldn't they wouldn't do it <laughs> i'm so glad for that I, yeah i don't know how I, it would work yeah i feel like this movie works best because you know it's folks that sort of all blend in to the office yeah. environment yeah exactly. ron livingston is like perfect for the role of peter because if you if you had watched swingers you would know him but like other than that i don't think he was he was in much leading into this. Was Band of Brothers around this time? Yeah, but still, I he think wasn't, even that's that, that he was wasn't a even TV the show. he wasn't even yeah. the main guy in that. But no, um, yeah, he's such like a normal guy, mm-hmm. and and that's like the casting is perfect for in that regard. Like they cast pretty much everyone incredibly well. Even Jennifer Aniston, like casting her works because you immediately believe that he is sort of infatuated with her because she's the only person you recognize in this movie, I think. This might be some of her best work, legitimately. Yes, yeah, like, she plays I'm not the role person, well. Yeah, I don't like the show Friends. I don't particularly like any of the actors who have gone on to do stuff from Friends. This is like, might be one of my best like feelings towards somebody from Friends who was on stuff. I thought she was great in this yeah Yeah. i think you know i think the um the challenge with casting somebody like her is you know making her believable in in a waitress role right where it's like she could be doing anything she could be a supermodel um but somehow totally believable i think i think she plays it really well you've seen friends right Yes, I've seen her. You know, she she's a waitress in Friends. I, I got, I got that. Yep. Yeah, yeah maybe that's why they cast her. Show, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, but you're right. No, the like, most the, famous waitress. When we first meet <laughs> her, like, I mean, we see her getting chastised by Mike Judge, but we don't actually hear what he's saying the first time you see her. But when Peter comes back to ask her on a date, the way she interacts with him is is like perfectly like distracted waitress mm-hmm. she does a great job yeah she has honed her craft of yeah. being a waitress yeah no, she's perfect <laughs> this movie starts out with something that terrifies me the only <laughs> the only thing that terrifies me more than sand is traffic oh i hate traffic i have an unhealthy hatred of traffic are you um do you get angry like do you get like violently have your children heard you do you yell i just don't yeller i'm not a yeller i kind of talk under my breath you're a milton mutter yeah Yeah, mutter yeah Mm -hmm. mutter all right um the idea of having to 
sit through stuff like that. I'm very thankful. I've always lived in the town that I taught pretty much. Mm-hmm. So my commute is always because I could not do. I, I don't know if anybody else has had the commute for a long time. I could not deal with it. Yeah, I had to. I was I was taking seventy six. That's like the you know the Philadelphia Awful. expressway, I, right? Um, from Maniunk to Camden every day for some time. And most of the time it was fine, you know, but then every once in a while you'd have one of those days where like if somebody breaks down on 76 and I just love the way they, the way they shoot that, like that it's always, there's one lane going, you know, and you think that it, you're, you're just, if you can get into that lane, then you're, then you're going to win. Yep. It's the same thing at the, yeah, stay stay in your lane. Lane. It's the same thing at the grocery well, store. <laughs> it, yeah. And that's what Peter does. Obviously because we're joking about it. It's he, he, he flip flops lane. But what I think is brilliant about that opening scene is that they do such a good job of of building character in that moment, showing the three main programmers and how they're dealing with the traffic. Yes. Where Peter is forever frustrated because, and almost to the point of giving up because he's trying to do things. He's trying to get into a different lane and it's dead. And then he sees the other lane moving and he sees an old man on a walker passing him by. And then you then you cut to Michael Bolton um, and we'll talk about the name in a, in a, in a bit, I'm sure. Um, where he is, and throw into the scene, you're immediately greeted with what is going to be the soundtrack to this movie, which is hardcore gangster rap, which is hilarious. The contrast of that with middle, like, 20-something white guys who are programmers is, is amazing. Um, and you get to see kind of what he's all about. And then you cut to Samir, who you... <laughs> Who you just realize is like he just seems like so bottled up that he's going to explode at any minute, and he's he's pounding on his steering wheel. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's a perfect entry into a film. So, so what? Yeah, what makes you watch this fifty times? That's let's start with that because I think that's a that'll kick us off into some interesting directions. Boredom? No. <laughs> <laughs> Answer. Living in Scranton. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you don't need this, you don't need a million dollars to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you all know about that. Uh, I, I think I think it's just it's it's one of those things, and 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 you you framed it really well. This could be anybody. Um, it, it you know you're it, at the time it came out. Uh, you know, nineteen twenty years old going through college and thinking that in a couple of years I'm going to work in a queue. This could be me. And you just kind of get hooked on it, but the characters are just so, just so good. Um, when, when you go through that, where, you know, you do have all the different personalities. Um, Michael Bolton also very much reminds me of my brother, um, which is just hysterical for those of you who who knew him or know him. Um, (laughs) He's still around. He hasn't gone anywhere, but um, he's just that it's just, there's just so much when it comes to even the quotability Um, Milton's just fantastic. I don't know. We'll talk about him later, but it just, it just, it just becomes one of those things where every time you look at it, the jokes just hold up, even though like the technology has changed, even though computers have changed and what's going on, there's still cubes. There's still things that tick you off in an office. There's still that, person who's chirping and just going on and it just gets you you know it just makes you relate to 
these are the things that I hate in my life and they make it funny and they make my life better because of it. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't have to obsess about that anymore. I, I think, you know, the best movies can take something that, f- that seems at first like a, a niche um, area, you know, like, like office life and make it relatable for everybody, yeah. you know, regardless of whether you work in an office with cubicles or not. And I think that that's one of the, the genius parts of this film that the way they develop character and relationships um, and just show the, that balance of, you know, what happens, uh, you know, in a staff, um, everybody can connect to that. You know, yeah, it's it's less about the situation or the environment, more about the people and yeah. how they how they react to each other and what they're going through on a on a day to day basis. Um, and and that and I think that's why it holds up too, just despite all of the uh, you know uh, the the jokes that people probably don't get anymore. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, like I mean, the mul- it, it is interesting because I, it was one of those movies. I feel like late late nineties mid to late nineties movies. So many of them were caught up in referencing things that were happening in the mid and late nineties that some of them don't age. Well, um, like the Michael Bolton gag is funny. Well, that was if old at that who, moment, right? That's you, not yeah, happening that's, at that moment. No, but, but do you know what I mean? But yeah. saying, folks like, in the nineties would know. Yeah. Who yeah, he yeah, was. yeah. Right. right like, right. and, but movies of that time period did a lot of that. But most of this stuff holds up. I mean, I I think if you showed this to somebody in, let's say, high school or college now, most of the ideas and themes hold up some like that. There are plot holes now, though. And and so like this wouldn't work now. You couldn't redo this because the whole like MacGuffin of the of the virus. The Y2K or the, the the what the scam that they pulled is kind of, kind of like cleared up because the building burns down and that would not oh, like yeah, the, bu- was, uh, yeah. even all if the, the building burned the down, they're true, still in deep shit. Yeah. Like there's no way all the evidence, like digital but, evidence. You know what? I actually think an internet. Just, yeah. The cloud yeah. and the cloud. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? Sometimes I like that. And I've, I've come to the, like over the last year or so, the heist movies and stuff that I prefer to watch are not modern ones. They're ones from like the seventies or eighties. When there's not cameras everywhere, yeah. everybody doesn't it simplifies have a cell things. It yeah. just makes the movies that much more enjoyable. And I think, like, my God, how much it must suck now to be a writer yeah. for like any kind of movie. There's always if going to be not, a hole, right? Because, because, and, yep. Yeah, unless you want to make it a superhero movie, and maybe that's why there's so many superheroes. But if you just want to write like a, a really interesting thriller, it's really challenging now because of. Just like, yeah, oh, it'll be in the cloud or face recognition or things can be delivered overnight. And it's like, okay, you just took away half of the tension that I could write for any scene or sequence. The clothes and everything in this movie are so 90s and not and not like amped up like this is like what rock stars and people you know the no, famous people it is it's normal perfect. people there's the the moment where peter comes home from the what he's clearly been working out and he sits on his couch and he's and i'm like he's basically just wearing an old navy ringer t-shirt that like <laughs> everybody had yeah yes no everything even like lumbered like the two-toned shirt oh the two-toned the dress shirt. short sleeve plaid Ooh. i feel like everybody's dad had those short sleeve plaid button downs like 
absolutely. And the glasses. Oh, yeah. So many so glasses. Many Nobody wore contacts in the 90s. No, <laughs> no glasses. adults were wearing contacts in the 90s. It was okay yeah. to wear big glasses. Oh, it was great. It was. And, and, and that, so, you know, the office itself, like, that's a whole setting that we need to discuss. But I was really drawn to Peter's living space. The way they decorated his apartment was perfect. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, you know, he's living out of like milk carton bookcases. Well, and he's also yeah, it living is, right in that those cookie cutter Bri, condos it that was, went up it's everywhere. The, it's right? the apartment that, that you got too. after college. That's exactly yeah. what I thought. That, I was that, like, that's I, that's can exactly see, I can see I can see this. This is the first. Yep. This is the bachelor yep. right out of college. What would you get? You don't really have real furniture. <laughs> real money yet something yeah. that somebody passed down to you or you found on the street well, yep, right lots of, and yep. you keep seeing that one speaker and this is this, and this is like another like little little like nugget is like because i think everybody knows like and i'm i'm that guy that rather than buying a nice couch I would have I would have surround sound. This is yeah. the story of you your father actually. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> His dad uh, traded in what was supposed to be the down payment for their apartment for a good stereo system. Yeah, like his. Oh. Mom sent money for like this is this is the sa- the deposit for the apartment, and he and bought a stereo s- system yeah. instead. <laughs> Family lore it worked out. <laughs> it, it all worked, worked out, out fine. Um, so there is some basic plot to this movie. Uh, You know, most good comedies have basic plot, but really are a string of scenarios. You know, Peter hates his life until he goes, and this might be my favorite, one of my favorite sequences in the whole movie, and gets hypnotized, at which time he doesn't, I guess, come out of the state because the hypnosis doctor, whatever he is, dies, which I had forgotten about. And I wonder if that was something that they would even be able to do today. But I, I my yeah. God, that it was, was great. fantastic. I know that like, I feel like back then hypnotism was on like an upswing. If you uh, remember, well, like whenever we had one at yeah, college, every we had, year, we had them. Yeah. We had these yeah, people so come. Here's a fun do story. They still do that? Yeah. George and I had a hypnotist thing? at our high school prom. I was hypnotized. I still at remember the high it. School, at yes, the high I, school prom. Yes. At, well, not at the prom, not like they like after the, prom. Yeah, the after party, <laughs> the after party. And then that same hypnotist, George came to Scranton and did one of our, yes. And, and I was sitting in the crowd and I had this, it was weird. I had a weird thing where, like, I heard that guy's voice, back and I was, it was like, the guy that made Kevin Moran sing uh, yeah, it Boy Likes It" or "Boy Needs oh, yeah. Super weird. Yep. Was was uh, DJ Plum Shady there as well? <laughs> Plum Crazy. <laughs> Do you remember Whatever DJ Plum Crazy, George? Do you remember him? He was the DJ at our wedding. <laughs> it's, a long, it's a long story. The, long story. The, Somehow Jim's dad ended up being a lawyer for him for one of his divorces, and you one know, of, you. you those connections pay off. For That's life. it. It was, you know, was, like he got a divorce. Happened. We got a wedding DJ. Yeah. So it all it all worked it, it out. It really <laughs> worked out on lots of levels. Yeah. Um, the cubicles. So, can, can we yeah, can we talk please, about the office? I have, I have only so, ever had to work in an office setting for two weeks. So I have I did no it for one day. I mean, concept of what this world is like. I worked in an office that looked exactly like that for about four years five years um and it was it was i don't want to say it was similar because 
the the good thing about the office that I worked at is that the owner of the company was so goddamn cheap that he was only hiring kids like right out of college. So like my boss who and who was only like two years older than me and like his boss was only like a year older than him. So like everybody was kind of cool, but the work environment and the culture was a was awful because not this guy wasn't like Lumberg bad. He was just an, a mean, evil person. Like, I wouldn't say Lumberg's mean or evil. He's just part of the machine in this movie to some extent. But the guy I worked for was a disgusting human. I, I um, would say you have had legitimately... Uh, you, you've spent a significant yeah. amount of your life in a cubicle. Right, like, but but specifically like that. Whereas when I worked at Target X, our cubicles were not boxed off like you're in your own little world still very clearly a cubicle yeah yeah but you like even even the ones like at the at the no you're you, no you're wrong okay so that was only only at the old old office in bristol True. yes once we moved we had like longer desks and then every like third there would be a partition so okay. what 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 does this movie nail about cubicle life um just hearing everything, hearing everybody on the phone, um, not seeing sunlight, <laughs> like the the fact that he when he pushes over that that partition, like yeah, there's no sunlight. Um, Two feet from a window, completely dark. Right. Well, and even even the one place I worked at, the all the cubicles were in the middle of the giant room. And the outer ring was offices that had the windows. So there was no, there was like one wall where there were some windows, but you know, with a cubicle wall, that's five feet high. You don't see that. So I worked for a temp agency for one summer, you know, in the time I was not teaching children. And, um, one job was sitting at a cubicle and opening envelopes all day long. Paid very well. I don't know. Much more wow. than minimum wage. Cause I made no money as a teacher, and I was like, I'll, no, I'll no, no, supplement. No. I mean, why are you opening? I don't know, Brian. Like, they I, they don't tell you those things. They don't. They, they don't give you the ins and outs of the company. It's like your job is to sit here and yeah. open envelopes all day. And Put I made it pile over here. one day, one day, and I was like, nope, not enough money. There's not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a coworker, thousand dollars, who was basically like the woman. I mean, she wasn't answering the phone, but literally her job was. She would get two stacks of paper. One was um, a claim, and one was an explanation of benefits, which for those of you that don't know, that's that thing you get in the mail from your insurance company. That nobody that always, reads. No, it's the thing that always says that's not a bill, but then why are you telling me I owe money? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what that is. And so she would just take them and go, poof, poof, and put them together. And that's it. And like literally her job was going like this, like grabbing two pieces of paper, and putting them together, yep. making sure the name match and putting them together. I spent many hours that day realizing, just taking in the scenery of like, I am here on a temporary basis. There are 50 year old people around me that this is their day to day life. Yeah. Like this is well, and every that's the interesting single day thing of this. Like and I'm watching so the sad. office again for like the fourth time, which I feel is like a companion piece in some way with this, obviously slightly different, but it did make me wonder like, would you rather have like a Lumberg-esque boss, right? Who Jim's right. He's just kind of the cog in the machine or like 
just a crazy boss like Michael Scott, who's well, saying insane. I think the difference is it, the difference like, in those which, scenarios is always your coworkers, right? It's that's that's the make or break. Is like, can you go to work and have meaningful conversation yeah. outside of the the meaningless tasks that you have to do, or are you just stuck in the monotony? Yeah. And I they think, did a good job with the monotony in this, like the way they play the monotony of that world. Like, I just, I couldn't imagine it. Well, like even said, like the, was, even the shock on the doorknob, like that's a, it. after sitting in traffic, I that love, little thing. I love that. I coming, love the right? opening. It's coming. Those opening minutes of Ron Livingston's character of following him in the door and getting the, the looping soundtrack of, of corporate accounts payable. Nina speaking. And you know the the TPS report cover letter, boss one, boss two, boss three, like, and then the phone call, and then Milton with the radio, like it is just the perfect. I feel like the beginning of this movie is a a freaking like musical masterpiece. It, it's really funny, is <laughs> it's that perfect? There, this is a tech company, right? And so like this is clearly in that like sweet zone of like the the, the bubble hasn't burst for tech yet. Um, and yeah. so like only the, that's very yeah that's very true that this was right before right. that first burst of it and so like after that you get the real giants start to emerge like Google and and I mean Google was Google but it wasn't like nothing like this. yeah it I mean, wasn't like um, no and that it's funny that that like programming culture and became like the desired workplace in like the 2000s and the and the you know 20 2010 and beyond it became like this is the culture where they play ping pong at lunch and they get free food and you know there was a transformation yeah it was it went from the 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 faceless everyone's wearing glasses behind the cube type of environment to exactly what you said open offices yep ping pong table slides in the middle of the room. Um, it's like the bubble burst and all of a sudden everything became more fun. The, the Inatex and the Inatrodes and everyone merged or got bought and the Googles and the Apples overtook everything. So, well, so what do you think was the real reason behind that change? It's because you do better work when you, yeah, that's what, were, I mean, I, that's what they, I hope the, those I, companies were smart enough to right, realize yeah that they put out a better product when their employees were happy. So you're saying that there are some organizations that do like studies of how their, um, yeah. their office staff is most productive and like, yeah. happiest. Well, they, and then they, they make adjustments. Well, they accordingly. probably brought in Bob Slidell yeah. as their I, consultant. I don't know if that I, would do it, Brian. <laughs> and this, I mean, this to this me, guy. I, I always <laughs> get rid of him. I am always amazed with consultants because we even have consultants in the education industry. Oh, sure, they get paid so much money. They get they get paid more than I do oh, to come into a, one professional day uh, a year and talk mm -hmm. to us. Here's what you should do uh, about things. So I'm intrigued by the world of consultancy. I work with them and how I can I am one sort get of. into that world. Could You're I be like a movie mm -hmm. consultant, a movie mm -hmm. podcast consultant, mm -hmm. Maybe. where I could just like talk to people? Right. Here's the beautiful thing about consultants. Anybody can be one. Yeah. <laughs> and your success the is problem, determined by the, how many people hire you. Yes, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody ever listens to that's what you it. say. You so, can label I mean, yourself they just a consultant. You a bunch of money to, to yeah. come yep. in and talk. Well, they, they a lot of consultants get paid 
to say the things that everybody knows, but no one that's at the company or the institution can say. That's true. That's very uh, true. Uh, very true. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. even even though it gets put in a PDF or a slide deck somewhere and sits there forever, you can always, if you're a VP, you can pull that out and say, well, the three years ago, so. we knew this was going to be a problem. And you did nothing to help us. So. No, no, and it, well, it gives them a backbone, yes. right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. The outsider. Well, yeah. Yes. Well, yes. I just want you to know that I just changed my name on. Oh, Zoom Brian Costello consultant. is now a podcast consultant. Yeah. So if anybody would like to start their so, own podcast, Brian is available for a very large fee. By just happenstance, I worked for a company that was like in a tech. Mm -hmm. I worked for a company that was more open seating, have fun kind mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. And now I work for a company that's mostly consulting people. And uh, you get to stay at home. So and should I we stay not be right making fun of consultants then? Is that what you're saying? No, no. I, I think I, I would make fun of them. You know, most of them went to Duke <laughs> and I make fun of them. They're they're as dumb as I am. Well, um, they, all the consultants went to Duke together? Is that, uh, that's well, where they we all have, came from? We have some Duke, a lot of Duke in consultants. Our, yeah, UVA. <laughs> Can I and, buy like a UA? Be careful. North there's Carolina a UVA, UVA graduate listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, no, he's so Virginia George, Tech. Ah, Here's my question. Now he's going to be mad. Yep. What has been your favorite sequence to laugh at in this movie? And has it changed over time for you? Was there something that like when you first started watching this movie, you're like, this is my favorite. This is the funniest scene. And now as time has gone, has gone on, it's changed because we found that a lot. We've gone back and rewatched these movies that we've watched for decades. And when we view it now, obviously older with different experiences, some of our favorite parts of these movies change over time. Yeah. So I, I think so. So I, when I first started watching this, I think my favorite scene was kind of when, you know, Peter just completely destroys everything that's been annoying him. Mm -hmm. um, so shortly after the hypnotist scene, the, the bobs have come on to, you know, and he's just gone completely rogue. And I'm like, you know, he's the man at that point to every single office drone. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I kind of went up through the office drone ranks and now I've become more, at least in my employees, eyes, a lumber. Um, I don't, I don't consider, I consider myself more like a Michael Scott, but I, I, who knows? We'll, we'll, we can do a straw poll Do later you have with, a George Foreman grill at the foot of your bed? Yeah. I, I plead the fifth. So. <laughs> <laughs> but so so now i'm actually at that point where i don't relate with those characters in the movie but i relate more with milton like i, I feel like my brain melts half the time when i'm in these when in these meetings and the scene where he's talking about the squirrels outside the window where they moved him <laughs> and they were and married they, and they were married and i'm like like the totally i see him looking out my window now i'm working from home i'm like I see myself watching birds and I'm like, I'm turning into Milton. Like I'm losing, I'm losing my gore. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I connect with those more now because at this time it's like, you're so it, it's like, he's been in the corporate world so long. He's been in that life so long. It, it just broke his brain. That's why he is the way he is. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember watching this movie at an age where it was an acceptable, um, thing to say uh making like show me the o-face joke if you said that now you might be arrested at our age so i mean that that's like an oh, example that's, an, of like that's just, not that's not that bad that's not 
victimizing anybody to say some and say that to somebody no 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 no. you but he was at work yeah it was at a party i know but i'm joking i'm just saying those are like the lines you would quote those would be the things that you would find the funniest yeah oh when we were younger yeah yeah it's funny i the thing that i was really drawn to in this viewing was the way that they matched the songs in like the in the action sequences i loved it i loved you know so the one song is like gangsta ass and it is like you know pulling into lumberg's parking spot and then like drilling the doorknob off of the door um you know going fishing and then pulling the fish in onto the tps reports and tearing the guts out you know like it it does such this like beautiful parody of you know taking this sort of aggressive uh soundtrack and then showing the the quote unquote like violence of, you know of yeah. fighting the man in the corporate America well, like it, it's just it, it felt to me like a a, a yeah, meta no, no. experience I think you're onto something I think it is you know because I think another reason I think people are drawn to this movie is that I think everyone has felt like Peter at some point in the beginning where they hate their job and they, they want to get out, but they feel like they don't have options. Right. And that scene in particular where he turns everything on its head is, is basically like, you know, it is, it's, it's, he is the gang. Like, I don't think it's, ingest that they're pairing it i think that is like a brave and kind of badass thing that he is doing and they're sort of like tongue-in-cheek well, drawing a comparison to like yes, what's happening in the song it's coming right back to your opening scene right, where michael right. bolton realizes he he's very self-aware of being <laughs> that a nerdy he is not white man him. right and but peter like, is well well <laughs> but then, there is still a line there of right, like you know, when we look at the history no, yeah, of yeah, rap, yeah, like yes, there's, yes, you yes. know, like no. there is there is an appropriation that's happening here of like them well, yes, taking, you know, and feeling that, the boundaries and they of do their make, existence. Right. the The appropriation of the music in this movie is a is is the joke, right? Right. But I do think that they are playing with the idea of like, you know, what what would michael bolton and samir think is gangster yes 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 that i think yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. approach to take yeah, absolutely yeah. and there is some hardcore partying in this <laughs> it made me wonder if george could share some stories about katie partying oh i don't think we ever partied together i'm trying to think in high school i don't know George, Our marching band parties were pretty with the t- did you ever go to like the katie bar did. with fed to listen to the, yeah, to listen to the teachers. Irish Rovers. Did you ever go drink with one <laughs> of your Irish teachers in high school? Or, or the Gerardville no, Fair? I, I, I did the, not go to no. the bar with Fed. Okay, yeah. so yeah. this was not I a normal thing. Drank with Fed. I feel like George was a good Irish student. Band, it's fine. It's, it's it, it fine. was fine. It was all fine. Yeah. It was all fine. He just had to make sure his toupee stayed on. What's the name of that club? Oh, yeah, you didn't share that. Did, did, you, did you go to Club 18? Club 18? Yeah, that's the place. Uh, Jim's I, been yeah. to Club 18. When we go back for funerals. I mean, like, why <laughs> go back for funerals? <laughs> well, Jim's I mean, 
18. That's where you go to Club 18, I guess. Where you can sit on a picnic table inside. You can still, still get a 25-cent beer. You can still get a 25-cent draft. I would I'd sign me up for that. I'd, Brian, you would I love it there. Be, you would, would love okay. you now. Brian loves Google County. Let, He's been there many times. I, I, I am also a dive bar consultant. I know you are. That's Before, <laughs> that you could actually... <laughs> I think you have that, a better chance for that. I am ready to go. <laughs> Before we get too far, we need to talk about some of the the uh, other characters in this yes, movie. Yes, thank you, thank you. So, let's talk about Milton because he is obviously he was the impetus for this movie because he yes. was like a short that yep. Mike Judge had created yeah, prior well, to this. Know what was that? Oh, on? I did know yeah, that. Yeah, what, did what was that? that? Was that part of Beavis and Butthead? What was that? No, on? That um, no, was on. it was on SNL. Okay, and, um, is that what he was drawing it for? Yeah, it was animated, so, so right? Is that yeah. what it, it was an animated Jim, short? Jim, you're right. This was like the big selling point, and like this was the thing that changed slightly for me. I, in my mind, I remember Milton being like every scene I had to see his scenes. Yes, and like it was humorous, but I felt like it was a lot less important to me in this viewing than a lot of the other times I had watched. Right. Here's what I was thinking. So many of those Saturday Night Live skits, they've turned into full feature length films and it doesn't go well. The the great move that Mike Judge made, Judge made, exactly, was just just make him a minor character in a larger story. Yeah. That's brilliant. And, you know, this basically... Everybody learns who Steven Root is because of this movie. Well, that's because not enough people watch the amazing show News Radio with Phil. Oh, Hunter. I right. thought we we I, we love him on Barry. Yeah. So but the other thing is his range is incredible. Yes. He's an incredible actor. There's a few movies that I love him in, and so like seeing him do this role, which is the craziest thing he's ever done. After you see him in other things, because. He is literally a normal functioning human being. And this Oh, 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 oh brother, where art thou? He is oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah, love that movie. In that. Fantastic in that movie. Yeah, he is amazing in um Just Friends with with Ryan Reynolds. He is he's the the record executive. He's wearing like leather pants oh and, my a, God. and like a fire t-shirt, fire button. About him in that. Yeah, he's got like a weird goatee and yes. like, he's great. And in Barry I think is probably his best role I've seen him in, which is he plays um, what's his name, Bill Hader's uncle, who is kind of guiding him through the life of his being mentor. a professional killer. Yeah, which amazing he's a dirt, he's a dirtbag, but he is hilarious. He's amazing. He, yeah. He's amazing in that role. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Stephen Root, we love you. Come yeah. on the show. I, I was gonna say for me, Milton just gets more sad than funny the older I get. I think. Well, I just yeah. I have more you have, you get the redemption yeah. moment where you're like, burn that. It's it's midsummer. Burn that motherfucker down. Maybe that's where does the it. midsummer got that's their inspiration. It. <laughs> yeah. I don't think burn that. it down, Milton. I see him as almost like a, a an evil genius. He just yeah. kind of sat there and kept his mouth shut long enough, and then you know just got crapped on. And then when the opportunity presented himself, he did exactly what he told everyone he was going to do. He, he always told because him, the name of his and then he's like, check for $300,000 with no name on it. I don't know. Is there I'm another movie that feels that good? Like that? It feels so good at the end, knowing that he got the money. Oh, I don't. I don't he's feel good. Gangster. Oh, really? 
I don't know. Oh, I, I think it. I don't like. I don't Milton. know. I kind of felt that oh, way. I loved the it. Rookie when Dennis Quaid <laughs> gave that baseball to his dad. <laughs> I felt that special. That special feeling no, when he handed that, that ball to That felt creepy. His dad. No. No. Uh, yeah. I don't but know. That's other, interesting. I mean, so you so, don't like Milton? Is that what you're saying? What? What are you saying? Yeah, Milton is not a kind I, individual. Uh, I, 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 just I love it. I love it. I love him. Was so funny, and he's not bad. And those sequences are still funny. But that, like in my mind, that's always been the emphasis of this movie. Like when they did the 20th yeah. anniversary DVD cover, everything it was Milton, 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 and like Milton's okay, but it's it's like very low on the list of reasons that I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably would have used to say that it was high on my list. Now it's not. Yeah. It's, it's, I think for me, it's, I think George said this earlier. It's like the, all the in-between moments of people reacting to each other and kind of working in a space where they are acquaintances or slightly better and kind of living in that space is, is a weird place to be. Um, and they're kind of shining a light on that. And I think for me, that's what kind of resonates a little bit. So we haven't talked about Lawrence, the neighbor yes. who, oh I, my I by the way, yeah, they land the plane on like, this is the, like mullets are coming back now. Oh, I didn't think that's where you were going. But in 1999, <laughs> they were like, Blair has a mullet. It, it was fun. Yeah. Who's that? The, the uh, racist country singer has a mullet and he was on yeah, SNL. Oh, yeah, I forget his name. Whenever we used to do a, that's fair. The one George, that was most recently. The one that actually fair. was outspokenly racist. Oh, oh, oh. Morgan. Very good. One of his names is Morgan. Yeah. In college, we were very, into exposing the mullet culture on our yeah. old mm. uh, late night talk show. Yeah, yeah. and so like 1999, yeah. the mullet was like uh, was funny. Okay, we can keep talking about the mullet, but I would like to talk about the genius of his character. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I love the neighbor relationship in this movie, and so I wanted to come back. You know, Brian. Brian, you were saying that um, Peter hates his life. I would argue, no, Peter hates his job. Peter has a woman that he but loves. But he's made his job his, his life. There it is. It, it, he yes. has friends. He lives next door to a great guy. They have conversations between the walls. I love that. <laughs> I, I love that dynamic. And, and he serves as this excellent comparison to Peter because his job is not his life. And this is the theme you totally missed, by the way, in the rundown. Uh, we, okay, fair. Yeah. He, I never hit all of the things in the rundown, and m- m- sometimes, often, and not even m- the most important often thing. The character names aren't yeah. even. Yeah. We, this, in the this should not surprise anybody. Um, so we come <laughs> to the end of the film, right? And Peter, you know, the the growth in our main character is that he hasn't gone back to an office job. Instead, he's working construction with his neighbor and smiling. You know, as much as he was the day after he got hypnotized and and tore his world apart, um, we're assuming at some point the hypnosis wore off, and Fucking this is it. his real life. <laughs> this is him and Did Samir and Michael Borton. Sorry, <laughs> Ma- Michael Bolton. Bor- I Michael work with Borton. Michael Borton. It gets, gets very confusing in my brain. Um, they jumped back into the hamster wheel, right? Like they just jumped to another tech company, and our assumption is it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Like that they're just it literally is the same, the thing. same thing. Yeah. And so Peter, at least, 
has like made a change. It's an interesting companion piece to Nomadland. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, because oh. a lot of that movie deals with the idea of like, you know, slaving away at at the expense of making someone else rich, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of it, it's on front and center in this movie, right? And it's uh, yeah, it's interesting to think about that. Mm -hmm. that we end up watching these two movies back to back and one was made this year and one was made you know, still 20 relevant. years ago. I'm also Whatever. a fan of Tom Smykowski <laughs> and his ridiculous because we all have worked with somebody who talks about these brilliant ideas they have, right? And you're like, this is an awful idea. Yeah. You should not be doing this. You should not put one cent into doing this. And they are convinced that a jump to conclusions, Matt. I think all of our <laughs> Wait, friends. I'm so sorry. Don't you have one of those, Brian? Uh, a jump to conclusions, <laughs> yeah. Matt? No. Oh, I thought um, you did. No. Oh, Christmas present. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I think a lot of our friends think this podcast is the idea that we had that was. <laughs> <laughs> to be very clear, I never thought we'd make any money off well, of this. Well, so that's where we I get okay. nervous about you sometimes, Bri, because I'm like, are you considering this to be our like retirement no, plan? That's it's not going to go well. I'm serving as a consultant. <laughs> there you go. I'm that's it. Make that's the money it. Yep. off the consultant work. That's not... the genius twist. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, there's so much going on in this movie. I think I think it's a little short shrift to say that it's it has a minimal plot. Because I think this is one of the few comedies that is driven by plot in a way that that it's circling around a pretty precise theme and they use a plot, a loose plot to kind of drive it through. But most comedies don't even have a theme that they're kind of... Well, no, I would like, agree. There's more of a plot than a, a, your standard. Yeah, like comedy. old school, the theme is like, hey, old guys going back to college to party, right? And then they kind of come up with it around that. This This movie, there's a very specific theme that Mike Judge wanted to attack here and go at. And and again, no matter what your job is, there is a message that everybody can connect to because it's about what what is the role that your job plays in your life? Yeah. What is your relationship to your work? I and wonder at what point do you decide yeah. this isn't enough for me or this isn't what oh. I want? But I think also the characters in this movie, each one of them took it beyond that point. And Mike Judge kind of boiled it down to show what would happen if you took that step. You know, what would happen if you actually invested the money in a jump to conclusions, Matt? Well, I mean, I, I tried to murder, kill himself and then got hit by the truck. But I mean, that's completely besides the point. But, you know, you always think to yourself, I could rob this place blind. Well, what happens if you do it and then it happens? but it doesn't really happen the way you thought it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so it's always this, there's always going to be that little twist. So yeah. you can take it that next step, but be prepared for it to be nothing like you imagined it was going to be. Yeah. I wonder, I, thought, I think that's what makes it so great. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if how much I would love to know if Adam McKay w is influenced by this, you know, considering he goes on to do a bunch of silly comedies, you know, with Will Farrell. Then comes out with the big short vice and getting more serious and really taking comedy to a level where it's becoming satire and 
you start to feel uncomfortable for laughing because, oh, this is kind of true. And there are parts of Office Space that sort of start to get to that level, but he does a good job of still creating cartoonish characters that we can dehumanize and laugh at, right? So I Without do, feeling too bad. <laughs> I do think that there is a generational shift that's represented in this film because I... I think that, you know, we've talked before about, you know, our parents, grandparents' generation, you worked, you did your job, and this idea of, like, happiness and fulfillment in your career wasn't a part of the conversation. It was like, what's going to put food on the table? You know, what's, where is the, the benefit, the, the pension, right? Like, it was very practical, and it's really only in the past few decades that people have started questioning, like, personal happiness and contentment in their career and and associating those emotions with that piece of their day instead of just with their their family they're outside of work yeah. time um, it goes so. it goes back it goes back to the guidance counselor thing you know it's just like it no nobody would clean up shit if they had <laughs> you know yeah. the money which is a great basically. line <laughs> well and it's like and, and so it's that connection of having the 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 ability to be um uh, disconnect like lawrence you know the i go to work stinks i get up i do my job i come home i have a beer and i'm and i'm happy mm -hmm. because i'm happy with life it doesn't and define work me is not life. yeah it's right. it's it's a job it's not a life it's not and who then, i am like, right yeah and i think i think that is more is becoming more the norm and and I would hope um, I, I'm sure there are still a lot of a lot of companies and a lot of places that that don't operate that way. Um, well, I would disagree. I think you're going to find people who take both of those approaches mm -hmm. where you're going to have people who need to feel fulfilled, fulfilled well, the, by the thing that they do with feel but, that. But yes, but that's not right? people. That's, their job. That's not the change. The change is whether the institution or the or the company finds more value in one type or the other. Yes, absolutely. That's when the change will actually happen. Because, yeah, like in this movie, they find value in people that will come in on Sunday, even if they're only working 15 minutes a day. Whereas, you know, there are other, there are other places that are experimenting with four-day weeks and, and, and doing, you know more interesting stuff and i wonder how much the pandemic itself is going to play into like a lot well, of this stuff and and i think that that's interesting because i think what you're speaking to is the responsibility of that like individual um contentment you know how much of it lies in the institution and the organization in what they invite their employees to and create for their employees and how much of it lies in the individual and the way they view their work you know what they yeah. seek out when they decide to change, um, you know, in my 20 years of work life, it has always felt sad to me when somebody has expressed discontent in what they do and then said, like, you know, only 25 more years until retirement that you're living hell. That is a, that is a living hell. If you are saying, like, my life sucks, like this job sucks and I only have 25 more years of this? What the fuck? Yeah. No. no. Don't, I, no. 
but even even going back, Jim, to, to your comment about you know the, the the organizations and how they value people and how that's kind of shown here. That's every that's every management representation in this entire film. Yeah, from Peter's three bosses that he explains to them. I fixed the problem. I I saw the memo. I know what's going on. They just parrot the same thing over and over again because he's not a person to them. It's not a. It's just. His mistake inconvenienced them in some way. So I'm going to tell you about it because otherwise the person above me is going to say, go tell him about it. And then the Bobs, I mean, the, the Bobs, when they're just, you know, when they, when they, when they fire Samir and when they fire Michael and they're just like, well, we're just going to hire in some entry level work out of college, it's pretty routine. That's the way we do these things. We'll get someone else to do their job for half the price. Right. That was the mentality. That was the mentality with these with these companies and still is the mentality with companies, some companies these days. But people have now, I think, progressed to be more like like Peter, where they think about their jobs mm-hmm. and their happiness. Yeah. And they're seeking out those jobs that actually don't have the bobs and don't have the that's, lumbers. That's the key. And that's key. Yeah. And, yeah. And being able to attract talent, um, people are much more likely to to... to kind of see all those red flags of companies that are like what they call churn and burn kind of yep. places where they bring you in, you work for as long as you can until you make too much money and then they get rid of you for someone cheaper. Um, you know, the, that exists. And and so, but I, I think a lot of, you know, the, the folks graduating now and, and in the past 10 years are much more clued into that in what they're looking for, especially those that are, that are bright and promise, you know, promising and are, are doing all the research and, 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 you know, seeing what positions are available to them and not just jumping into something that feels safe. I I think that there is an interesting demographic type tapped into in this film in that, you know, at this time period, you were, I think you were seeing the shift of most of the corporate employees becoming college graduates and there being an older workforce that didn't necessarily have degrees who did feel trapped in the office that they currently worked in because they couldn't move out, right? Like they, there wouldn't be a lateral move to another company without, you know, the the degree that the, the recent graduates were coming in with. And I feel like that was something that I saw play out in my own father's life of like, um, and I think your your mom similarly right of like that generation you know without that level of education there was a sense of like this is this is it like this is the company where i've kind of laid my foundation and there's there is no other place where i can like make this much money have this level of responsibility and so i've just got to make the best of it and if those folks were downsized if those folks were bobbed out that was a really big deal Right. Like, so I, this movie does a lot. It's not just a comedy. That's, that's Tom through the, through the movie. I mean, that, that's his character. I mean, from the moment he's running across the parking lot with the memo and saying they're, they're downsizing. He was, he was legitimately yeah. scared Absolutely. because, and, and vocalized it by not wanting to stand in, in, in buying the unemployment office with those scumbags, you yeah. know, he's like, I, that's what's yes. going to happen. And then when he's trying to explain what he does, because he doesn't really do anything. He's, he's, you know, he's like the person who's putting the paper together. I, I don't do anything. He's the people person. He's just um, been there a long time, right? I've just been here, so I haven't <laughs> That's been fired. It. 
Yeah. Um, I've just been here forever, so they keep me around. I earned a secretary. In five more years, I hit my 25, <laughs> yeah. and they can just boot me, and I can retire. Yes. yes. Well, this is a movie that was a box office failure. Mm-hmm. I think not received at this level at all because it was being marketed as from the guy who created Beavis and Butthead and, you know, um, King of the Hill at that point, which are both like, if you watch them, there's humorous, but nobody was taking it this level um, at that time, I think. And it's gone on to be something that is, you know, still ultimately rewatchable. We could have a whole podcast on it with like multiple podcasts, like a whole other podcast. As your your podcast consultant, I'm going to recommend that you don't start a third podcast. (laughs) It's not that financially a, viable. That advice, that yeah. advice will cost you one thousand dollars. Well, it's I've interesting. I've learned to be a consultant. I've learned I can do it. And and, and I just I, I felt do, that I, I do want to talk about one thing before we move on is that you know Mike Judge gets people talk about uh, idiocracy a lot as far as like a really interesting comedy that he creates in two thousand six. I I've seen it and it it's funny. And there are slight nods to, you know, sort of what has become of our country in certain aspects. Um, But for me, this movie is way smarter and way more in touch with, like, the, like, heart of, like, the American, like, middle class, upper middle class workforce. Yeah. And and yeah, if you haven't seen Idiocracy, it's worth seeing. Yes. I've never seen it. And if you haven't seen, so this the premise movie, is that uh, Luke Wilson gets knocked out or something. I forget how, but he ends up like cryo freeze and wakes up in like 500 years from now, and everybody is really, really stupid. Mm. And then he's like a genius, mm. and it's sort of playing. He wakes up, and Dax Shepard actually finds him, and Dax Shepard plays this role of Frito, and this guy is a complete moron. It's really, really funny, but. Coming up on another podcast. We'll, we'll do that another time. Another time. All right. Um, all right. Our question then is this King of the Hill or Bottom of the Barrel? And yet again, we can establish this film is nowhere near nothing as bad. Nothing's as, as bad as the rookie. The no. rookie. Um, so the question is, is this better than Judas and Black Messiah? And when we say better, we should also clarify, you know, is this something you would watch over Judas and Black Messiah. Now, George, I don't know if you've seen Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm not. Okay. Definitely so, watch that. Don't watch the rookie. Don't watch it. Please watch, watch Judas, Judas and the Black, Black Messiah. Messiah. Much, I appreciate the Oscar. hierarchy here that yes. I know you, where, yep. my, yes. where, where, the, where the rails are right now. <laughs> if you've got nothing out of this experience other than that, George, we've helped your life. I still think they you. gave the wrong Os- the Oscar to the wrong guy, but that's okay. For supporting actor, you think Lakeith should have gotten it? Yes. Yeah. Nope. yeah. Oh, see, well, I love Daniel. Hmm? Even well, after just, listening to the interview? I didn't listen to the interview. Oh, you got to yeah. listen to the interview. Okay. Or you could just go listen to our episode on Judas and the Black Please Messiah. Do. Yeah. It's a good as one. Pod, it's not. It's right. Consultant, it, you need to plug your own show, Kate. Yeah. If, if we had a King of the Hill for comedies, it would be up there, but I don't think it quite reaches the level of Judas and the Black Messiah. No, as far as, no, no, no. As far as... No, this is the a The cinematography is not great. In this, this is film. a good movie. Well, there's a There's a few... There's yeah. a few scenes... <laughs> Where where it looks great. I love I love the vision of him coming to the office 
and ripping the sign down on that giant wide shot. Um, but and we also didn't talk about the cinematography of the the copier. The, the take, well, I think that is. I think that's out of a rap video. I thought it was straight out of casino shot. Well, casino and like. Okay. Uh, remember how at that time, like all yeah. the hardcore yeah. rap videos were like taking on gangster yeah. movies yeah. from the past, and they would do shot for shot. All right, so no change in our. Yeah, no, 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 no. Judas no and the Black change. Black Messiah still earns top, top notch, top all slot. Right. It is time for. Five questions. You want answers? You want answers? I'm I'm gonna try to say all I of the want things. The truth. You can't handle the truth. What the f is the internet? Uh, I Why, forgot. Jim. Why? Why? There's still more there though. That's all right. That was enough. One? That was enough of them. That was yeah, our audio we, bit. I there we go. Actually, surprised we got as many <laughs> of them pretty as good. we did. Actually. <laughs> all right. Our five questions this week will be for George. Uh, George, question one is always a thumbs up or thumbs down question. Thumbs up or thumbs down on being hypnotized. I'm going to go with thumbs down on being hypnotized, but I'll, I'll give a thumbs up for watching other people be hypnotized. <laughs> That's a good deal. That's entertaining. Yeah. Very I, entertaining. I, yeah. I make an idiot out of myself enough without someone controlling me to do it, but it is very entertaining to watch. Has anyone else been hypnotized? Just me. All right. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, didn't work on me. Oh, the, you were, it, there was dumb. an attempt. But too it, dumb. No. <laughs> Is that the threshold? Is it? It's an intelligent too too simple. <laughs> too simple. You need to be aware of your surroundings. Nah, man, nah. I reckon See, you get George, your ass kicked for something like that. Office Space fifty times. I've watched Chances Are fifty times. So Don't I watch am Chances Are George. from all. Oh, oh, you, no, should you, watch, you should watch. You should watch. Chances, chances are, is amazing. Are, amazing. Uh, speaking of chances are, here's a great question for you, George. George, would you rather listen to the music of one Mr. Michael Bolton or one Mr. Peter Cetera? Oh, that's the appropriate sound effect. Yeah, for that yeah I, it really okay, is. I, I, I do it, but in a garage with the car running. <laughs> Like Tom, but, 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 like Tom. does have does have the honor of the Karate Kid. Th- yes, two glory of That's true. That is true. Not that that's a good thing to have. That's pretty good. It makes me it's think of that little music. drum thing. The little, the, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I, I guess for that reason only, I would go with Satara and both be sitting in my car with. Tom running the engine yeah. waiting to hit by a truck. The, an- <laughs> the answer is always Peter Cetera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could plug in the other artist. Doesn't matter. Peter Cetera. Uh, question three, fill in the blank question. The worst job I've ever had is. You're pretty good as long as you don't say you're current. Janitor assistant. <laughs> is janitor assistant? Janitor wow, what does one do as a janitor's <laughs> assistant? Could you fill us you in on that? You do the stuff that the janitor doesn't want to do, oh, which no. I can't it's even imagine. <laughs> oh, what what no. facility was this? Because that really could turn bad. It, it was actually at the grade it. school that my mom worked at. It was a it was my one of my first jobs as as a uh, a summer job, and um, I'm pretty sure. There were child labor laws broken and um, many, many chemicals that I should have had some sort of protective gear on that I was using. <laughs> uh, name the school. What school was this? I, I, it was All Saints Catholic School. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, around here we always pick a saint. It's always funny when you hear that there's a school all called the All Saints. Saints. All of, it's like, Saints. All of you are below us. To choose one. We're, we're better. Us. It's not even like we're two saints and we're one better than you. It's like we're a hundred million saints. better than you. It's yep. every saint. It's. Just, I would like just... there to be some schools that are like a pair of saints. Yeah. A couple of Peter saints. and Paul. There is no. There's probably a Peter and Paul. A trio of saints. Oh, I'm sure. There is yeah. a Peter and Paul. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, two specific names. I'm I sorry. Know. Carry on. Trio right. of saints. Here we go. Our favorite question. The only thing this movie loves more than ice beer, which was a trend I, I hope comes back. We need more ice beer in this world. Um, is chain restaurants. So, George, what is your favorite chain restaurant? So my favorite chain restaurant. Um, now, obviously, they're they're making fun of. TGI Fridays in this with tchotchkes and, and going through that. And I was a good, you know, I did enjoy a good uh, Jack Daniels. Ooh, Jack Daniels burger. Steak in, in my day. Um, I, I probably would have to go with Chick-fil-A um, <laughs> for a chain restaurant for the fast food. If we're talking sit down, it's the Cracker Barrel. Maybe it's because I moved to the South. I don't know. No, Cracker Barrel. Um, so Cracker Barrel is. Yeah. I mean, bad brunch. Chick-fil-A is not chairs. a food thing. Chick-fil-A is a. If they mess anything up, they will literally send someone to your house to apologize because, you know, Jesus chicken's got to be good. That's just <laughs> unless it's a Sunday. It's going to take you 45 George. minutes to get through Sunday. the drive through. Uh, the lines are insane. It's, you're too far north. You, you go further south. <laughs> and there's not a, more of them see, that's surprising there. to me. I would have thought like in terms of political demographic that the lines would have been even longer. Different, but of course, <laughs> serve alcohol at Cracker Barrel. That's going to put them over the top. Yep. So of course, yep. the correct, of course, the correct answer for this question is Popeye's. Um, <laughs> The best chain restaurant. Well, that's but they only have the chicken sandwich. They but. do. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and finally, Lily uh, loves that. Oh, it's so good. Finally, it is a good chicken um, sandwich. Deep thoughts question, George. Of course, in this film, one of the most pressing questions is, "What would you do with a million dollars?" So, what would you? It's what would you do if do? you had a million dollars? It's a different well, question. Not what would you do with a million dollars? Right. Yeah. It's, I would okay. paint it yeah. with glitter. <laughs> Glittery. Bedazzle it. Make it Bedazzle fancy. those dollars. Uh, so I, I think I would just travel, eat good food for, the, for as long as I could until that money was gone. So by following the theme of the movie, my perfect career is fat, rich, white guy. So I think I'm good. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. You're living your best life. Living my best life. We love that. Uh, it's time for recommendations. Does anybody have any recommendations of things we should be watching, reading, listening to, eating? Doing? Uh, I will recommend, because we haven't done it, is uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Finished that yeah. last week, and it, is, it, it was very good. Different than, obviously, different than WandaVision, but... Still, I think the way that some of these Marvel stories need to be told. Mm. Long awesome. format. I've been listening to the Unspooled Oscars episode. Oh, yeah. It's very good. I have only disagreed with them on their thoughts on the Five Bloods, which was interesting because they were basically like, this movie was a hot mess, but also it should have been nominated for an Oscar. So I yeah. want to have more conversation with them about that. But no. it's good. I'm listening to the... Um, Promising Young Woman episode, and it's yes. fantastic. All right. Yeah. Of course, you could just listen to our you could just listen to our episodes. episodes. <laughs> Did we do that movie? As your podcast consultant, 
I recommend that you plug our podcast instead of other people's podcasts. Instead of other people's podcasts. I just keep hoping, episodes. Brian, that it's just going to like it'll be an osmosis effect where I'm going to listen and it's going to just make us better. That's I, as your consultant, I don't think that's true. No, that's not how it works. I don't think that's how it works. But, but you'll you'll still be invoiced for every bit of advice. <laughs> advice. I am actually billing. What's my bill up to now? By the seconds. I'm billing yeah. by the second. Uh, George, is there anything we should be reading, watching, listening to? What do you think? Anything? Well, see, I'm a little I'm a little slow to the game on some things. So I just I just finished off Cobra Kai. Speaking of karate, oh, we haven't, we haven't even started it yet. Yeah. Came into it, and that was I would say that was a uh, a good use of time okay. and just some some comforting nostalgia for um, you know for pandemic times. Yeah, no, we that we we're working that th- our way through the West Wing, which so is we're only take twenty us years late on that. Yeah, it's, keep going. There's so we're many, halfway through. So many seasons, Wait but we can't until stop. Jimmy Smith shows up. Right, we are. Where we are just we at the got through the John four? Goodman episode. Jesus Christ, we just got through the Zoe situation. Yeah, so nearly ended intense. me. Very intense. <laughs> Speaking of nostalgia, my recommendation for this week is watching Spooky and the Bandit. Hmm. I've never seen it. Watched it again. You never saw it. Never seen. Never seen Smokey and the Bandit. No. Quite enjoyable. And my criterion recommendation of the week is following off of uh, Bob's recommendation of Spike Lee's Bamboozled. I would rather watch that than Five Bloods. And a huge shout out to Bob who sent us these amazing. (gasps) We got got ours today too. T shirts. Oh my gosh. Uh, Criterion collect. We haven't even look at this. We'll have an unwrapping like that, like that kid, Ryan, who does it on YouTube. Here it is. You can hear the ripping of the plastic. That's a good idea. Is this a good idea? (laughs) Makes lots of money. Of course, his is a YouTube video. Yours is a podcast. There it is. Now we're supposed to have a link where you can buy your own Criterion collection. Yes. Mm -hmm. We love the Criterion collection. But Bamboozled. Watch Bamboozled. It's amazing. Uh, Also, listen to the Shit Show, our Shit's Creek podcast, which is slowly becoming an exploration of Katie's inner thoughts. Well, I thought you were going to say her life in Schuylkill County. More so. (laughs) George could join us for that. (laughs) And join us for our new podcast. Shit's Creek and Pottsville have a lot in common. George, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much, for George. Office space. It was fantastic. No, this was fun. I, I appreciated it and got to revisit some fun times from the past, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> and please feel free to share any pictures you might have from Marching Band of Gate. Oh, I was thinking oh, that. I, d- I definitely have On some social photos. media. If I'll go possible. find some. Yep. See, here's the thing with pictures back then. You had to print them. So oh, they yeah. Don't, really, yeah, they don't worry. My mom printed any, everything. You know? <laughs> I've oh, there are yes, marching band photos. Oh, there'll yep. be. Oh, yeah. I George, feel like I'm going to come out on the short end of this. Uh, <laughs> actually, yeah, I don't know. There is a picture anything, of me actually. dressed as an elephant playing a clarinet. So I'm pretty sure that you and your drum are going to end up on the, the better side of this oh. equation. You have the picture of me when I dressed in my mother's clothes playing those. Drums? Oh, I think I have that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I do have that. <laughs> now, this is going into a whole other thing that we'll deal with on our new podcast. So make sure you subscribe to that. That one was the same well. parade. Yeah. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye. Bye, Bye commenters.